Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner in crime for the Next Step journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, your vocation, your spiritual life, or maybe your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. Chris Maxwell and Tracy Reynolds here. Thanks so much for joining us as we think about the next step leadership. What what does it mean as it relates to where you are right now? Uh, Tracy and I talk a lot about where we are, but we want you to be thinking about where you are. Um, What are you called um, and assigned to lead? What role are you playing uh, we want you to know that you, as you're listening to this, we want to tell you today that you are important, that your voice needs to be heard, um, that you can be a positive influence in today's culture. We we believe that, and we believe that uh, just staying right where you are and settling is not the is not the assignment for you. We believe it is time for you to take a next step and to lead others. As you are taking that, uh, Tracy, it's it's so good to be able to have these conversations with you and to get this time together. Oh, it's crazy! So this podcast is going to go out in a couple months, but man, today is March first. Now, what's significant about that is what happened a year ago in this. Man, we are in month twelve of mm. COVID nineteen, and oh my gosh, talk about an appropriate topic for today: uncertain steps. How do you lead when you can't even see your feet, right? Yeah, yeah. How do you lead when, when you can't even see the next steps? You just can't make it out. I was thinking about a, a goofy story. Um, I, you know, I, I wear glasses. Now, there's a reason that at age 63, I still wear glasses. So I'm going to tell this dumb story on me. So okay. I, I started <laughs> wearing glasses when I was in second grade. I was seven years old. So I've had them a long time. So um, at some point, somebody, probably my wife, who has never worn glasses, talked me into wearing uh, those, uh, what do you call them? Uh, contact. Contact lenses. Yes, those dreaded things. Oh, my god. <laughs> you didn't gosh. even want to say Oh, man. I'm, this must I'm, not have been a good experience it, for you, Tracy. This is so bad. This is like I'm shivering thinking about this. So, I mean, sometimes we get to play and perform weddings. And weddings are those things that you never want to mess up as a musician or as a pastor. Weddings and funerals and baby dedications, man, people just don't give you a lot of grace for those. So I was playing this really important wedding. Meaning, I was a I was the teacher to a keyboard player who was really a good musician, and so she had pulled all this great music, but it was hard, and I had worked so hard, and so about one week before that, my wife decides that this will be a good time for me to get those contact lenses, so I got them. And I was miserable. I have never been good at putting my fingers in my eyes and poking things in there. I was like a big baby, a crybaby. And so I, man, my eyes watered. My they itched. They were terrible. So that was like on a Monday, the funeral, the uh, funeral, the wedding. I thought it was going to be my funeral. The wedding was on a Saturday. 
And so I go over to the church to pick up my, my music and stuff. I was going to one last rehearsal and get it all together. And I'm walking out the door of the church, and one of those contacts goes, boing, pops out on the ground, in the grass. I could not find it. So and, you, is, and you're being honest with us. You really didn't reach in and grab it and just throw it away because you were miserable. I was miserable, but this made me even more <laughs> miserable. So I got a 15-minute drive with one eye closed, and I'm going, God, if you can get me through this wedding, ah, I, I will never wear these blooming things again. So I played an entire wedding of ridiculously hard music with one eye closed and one eye shut. And I'm just kind of, and I'm just hoping nobody even sees what I'm doing. And I really did okay, but I'm like putting my face right on the music and, and just trying to not make mistakes. You know, I was playing defense. Mm-hmm. God helped me, and I wear glasses today, not contacts, because man, I couldn't see my next step. Mm. Wow. That's a, that's a, I mean, it's funny for us to hear the story. I'm sure it wasn't funny for you. And by the way, those of you who are listening, if you do not know Tracy Reynolds well, I will brag on him. He is an incredible musician. Um, And, uh, I mean, I've only heard him when he's wearing glasses, so he he does well now. But, but Tracy, you're very gifted in music. You're too kind. And... Yeah, and I'm glad you learned the importance of taking the right steps. Um, So how does that story fit as we are trying to encourage people to take the right steps, even in these times of uncertainty? Well, Chris, I, like you, we're in pastoral ministry, and here's the deal. I mean, COVID put it just leveled the playing field for everybody. It didn't matter. A matter of fact, if the larger your church, the more complicated this is. The, the whole idea of starting back. Yesterday in our services, we had 499 people on our campus in worship services only. That's huge. But I got to tell you, that's just a little over half where we were a year ago. But that's a big milestone for us. Where that We're doing better. But here's the thing. We realized a long time ago that we're all in the same storm, but we're in different ships. But we're also in in the same ship, but a different storm. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. None of us knows what to do. So I had a uh, recently a staff meeting where my pastor said, listen, if you're in another place and you see somebody who's doing something better than we're doing it, man, take a picture of that and bring that back because we just need to learn because we don't know what the next step is. It seems like we have taken one step forward and three steps backwards so many times, or or we would work five times as hard to get a third as much gain as you normally would have gotten. And it's that's just been normal for everybody. And it helps knowing that Chris is struggling with that too. But the reality is, man, we don't know what we're doing so much of the time that we've got to kind of take a risk. And mm-hmm. sometimes those steps feel really risky. And it, I mean, so many people are probably like me. I, I want certainty. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uncertainty is not my best friend, but it can be good. Uh, as we hear stories like, like what you're telling, um, you know, about uh, your contacts. And then, and then also as it relates to church leadership, let's, let's be here together. And what I'm hearing you say, you correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm hearing you say is the importance of remembering that we are lifetime learners and as we lead, let's lead as we are learning. And as we have people that we are mentoring and guiding, it is okay 
to let them know we don't have all the answers now, but let's learn together. Is it, is that what I'm hearing you oh, say? Oh yeah. You know, I I I hate that I don't know certain things about like cell phones or software, but I'm learning and I I am getting better at this. Asking my son and my daughter or the the you know the the generation Z people we have working downstairs here, man, show me how to use this. Show me how I'm getting better at that. And but I literally have to make myself. It's be okay with not knowing. Be okay yeah. with with just humbling myself. I know that if I humble myself, that God's going to use that. But that's still my flesh wants to say, man, I ought to know that. I should know these things. Well, why should I know that? And here's a an interesting take on that. It's probably really good for them to show me how to do something. That may, probably helps them feel better about themselves too, even though it makes me feel worse about me. To just, hey man, show me how to use that. Show me how to set this up. Oh, before we started doing this podcast, uh, the very first time I had to call uh, one of, an intern here. His name's Caleb, and Caleb is so smart and so tech savvy. And I, I remember I had gotten the thing all set up the day before, and I couldn't get your microphone to work. And it would drove me nuts. I texted Caleb. I said, Caleb, do you mind coming over and show me how to work this deal? And I knew it was something stupid. And, and I felt bad. I felt kind of dumb. And he was so kind and came over. And what was funny was it took him 15 minutes to figure it out. But then he said, oh, it was just this one little button. And click, and it was done. And suddenly it worked. And ever since then, I've not hit that little button again. Hmm. It's interesting as we think about it. And there are times that we need to do that. We need to... Let those who are younger than us uh, train us. And then there are other times we just need to leave, it, leave things alone and let them do it. And let them, you know, our, our leadership is not to do everything yeah. and show that we have done it all. It's to be okay not doing. Mm. It's, to, it's to help people find their places and encourage them that they are so good in those places. Smile at them, laugh with them, enjoy the journey with them, dare them, believe for them when they struggle to believe, but then say, yes, encourage, yes, you can do this. And, and there are times, Tracy, that we are the coach and, and we are encouraging them to make the right plays that they've been trained to make. And, and then there are going to be times where we're just going to be the fan to cheer them on. Oh, yeah. You know, I told you about this fine arts jazz band that we're doing. Well, here's the thing about that. When they do their competition, I can't be on the stage. It's all got to be led by the students. I remember, and I'm so ashamed of this. I've told you this before, Chris, that when I was in my 20s as a keyboard player, and if you were like playing around me and or, or you're, you're hovering around me while I was playing, you're watching my hands. I didn't want you to get behind me because if you could see what my hands were doing, I was afraid that if you learn, if you stole all my hot licks, then mm-hmm. who needs me, right? What a selfish, self-centered, uh, fear-driven, uh, that was driven by my own insecurity. I'm Oh, I'm ashamed to say that now because I pray I'll never, ever, ever be like that again. Because now it's like I'm just the opposite of that. I I want to know ways. I'm always trying to figure out how can I help these kids learn this concept? What's something we can do that they can learn how to do this, this thing? Uh, In yesterday's rehearsal, I remember uh, just trying to find creative ways to teach them to learn a style and and, and to learn how to do it. And they just kind of had to walk through this. Um, when they get in front of those judges, they won't even be able to, they'll have to do it all themselves. 
And that is a good place to be, man, where I'm trusting them. Because here's the thing. I want them to be better than me. Yeah, They ought to be better than me. If I'm doing our job well, then the next generation will be a better leader than us. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I think how we respond to these, as, as you were talking about, these uncertainties uh, is by is just setting examples and in, in being willing to make such important statements like, um, I do not know. Mm. Uh, join me as we are learning what to do next. Uh, I, I'm not sure. What do you think? Isn't that a great question to ask? Yeah. Uh, what, what would you like to, to see us do here as we're trying to improve and engaging in conversations? Um, I talked several episodes ago about how I felt watching um, those who are former Emmanuel students giving their stories, telling their stories about why they are interested in doing mission work. And I'm sitting at this dinner, and I loved not holding the mic. Mm. I loved not being on stage. I loved watching them and just cheering for them. Um, is, isn't, that, isn't that an honor? To, to see what others are doing. And, and we've been able to just play a role in their lives. But, but we don't need to have our name there. Uh, we don't need them to wear a Chris or Tracy t-shirt. <laughs> oh, exactly. It's just letting go and, and, and being excited in the big picture. I think that's probably the most um, gratifying part of where I am in the phase and stage of my life right now is celebrating um, the leadership of my kids and my grandkids and those who've, who are, are now stepping into leadership roles, where I pastor, I was youth pastor to a lot of these kids' parents. Mm-hmm. I'll let that sink in. I was the youth pastor to a lot of the parents of these particular kids. A lot of the youth workers, matter of fact, uh, two of the couples that are working with our student ministry right now were student leaders in my youth ministry a thousand years ago, you know. And the coolest thing in all the world is yesterday, I'm, as they're finishing up this uh, incredible youth conference that they put together all themselves, that the leaders of that were students that I had been a part of. Some of them were, and they were, and they were doing the things that I had done decades ago. They're running this, and they're ordering the food, and they're setting this up, and they're running the small groups, and they were caring for those kids and checking them in. And one of them was kind of funny. At the end of the time yesterday, she was checking people off. They had to all sign out as they left. And she got done with the last one. I said, okay, give me that. I'm signing you out. And I said, check. And she just died laughing. She said, I wish somebody would. I said, yeah, you need to go home and take a nap. Well done, girl. I'm so proud of you. Mm. Look at the roles that you played. You were on stage. You were leading by example, and then you were on stage with them, training them, and then you were willing to get off stage. Aren't those like key components of, of good leadership? Let's, let's know what we're gifted to do. Let's learn how to do that well, and let's get on stage and do that. Yeah. And, 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 and do it with, with this hope and desire to impact the lives of others. And then as we're on stage, let's invite others to join us on that stage mm. and work together and as we train and mentor them. And then let's be willing to get off stage. Yeah. Hand yeah. them the microphone. Let them have the keyboard. Um, yeah. Are, are we willing to do that and not have our name there? I, I believe we are. Yeah. And that's, that's healthy 
That's healthy leadership, and it's realizing that the story is not just about us, Tracy. Yeah. You know, and the, at the end of all that, Chris, uh, I'm just amen everything you're saying, right, man, because it's so true. But at the end of that, let them receive the applause. Yeah. You know, I don't have to be, uh, it's not about me. It's not, like you said, I don't even, I don't even have to be in the credits because, man, the glory is going to go to God. But there's just this thing about, man, you celebrate a life where they're beginning to take responsibility and do those things and take the initiative. And, man, just the actualization of who they are, it's the most gratifying thing in all the world. Watching my kids parent well. Mm. Watching uh, Gabe be a fantastic youth pastor. It doesn't get any better than that, Chris. Yeah. And what an example uh, Jesus set for us. You know, he... He did the miracles. He told the parables. What a great story that is. But the story in that is he mentored, he discipled, and he trained them to do the work as they were empowered by the Holy Spirit to do. And he left. Yeah. <laughs> you know, He died. He was crucified. He came back to life. What a great story. But then he said, listen, guys, I'm out of here. But the Spirit will come upon you, and you will be world changers. Uh, boy, what a leader. As I was writing my book, Pause with Jesus, just going through that, I, I could just tell his love and care for the disciples. Yeah. We need to receive that love and care from Jesus as his followers. He is our leader, and he has taught us the next step, leadership. And Amen. we want to learn that and pass it on to others as we are mentoring and encouraging other people. Um so, yeah, thank you, Tracy, and thank all of you for being a part of this Next Step leadership. And let's remember, your next step is your best step. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, the weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you dropped in. You can find us on all your favorite podcast providers. Hey, do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Chris Maxwell is the author of 10 books, including Pause with Jesus, Underwater, A Slow and Sudden God, and his latest book of poetry, Embracing Now. You can find links to all of his work and our social media information at our website, nextstepleadership.buzzsprout.com. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. Follow them on Instagram at Casual Americans. And new music is coming soon. We release Next Step Leadership each Thursday, so join us next week on the Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I know.